everybody, Dan Bickley here, and it's the NBA All-Star Weekend full of fun and folly, but then it gets serious. We'll talk about the Suns and their second half push starting 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, 27 games left for the Phoenix Suns that will begin next Thursday when they take on the Dallas Mavericks. And, of course, we've talked many times here on Burns and Gambo about the schedule. Uh, and we've talked about it on all the shows here. Uh, the schedule that awaits the Phoenix Suns is brutal. It's rough. It might be the toughest in the NBA. Uh, too bad they don't have a lot of games against the Bucs. I'd love to face them like five times down the <laughs> stretch. Mitch, you have the cut from Doc Rivers handy. Thank I don't God know. the Suns didn't hire that guy. Huh? Oh my God! I never. You know me. I never wanted him from the start. Every, no. Every time his name came up, I'm like, no, no, no. Is this the Cabo cut? We come back in this on our set. Two guys forget what we're running. Then we miss a shot, and then nobody gets back. That's how we start out the third quarter. That tells you all you need to know about where our heads were. We had some guys here, and we had some guys in Cabo. Was <laughs> it last night after they lost to Memphis? In the final game going into the break. Adrian had, Griffin's like, you fired me for this guy? Yeah. We had some, they're three and seven since Doc Rivers has taken over. Wow. Three and seven. And he's like, hey, we, we, we had guys here and we had guys who had already left, who had mentally checked out they weren't here. And and that's... I think Adrian Griffin's just upset he's not going to get the ring anymore, you know? Yeah, right. They're not going to win the ship at this rate. <laughs> no, no, they are not. Um, so Doc Rivers, though, I'm very glad. Very glad they didn't hire him. Um, it's All-Star break weekend. And like I mentioned, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker are on their way in some ways the league despite all the young talent and it's still unbelievable young talent the three old guys and i don't know how else to refer them relatively speaking they're not that old lebron james is 39 steph curry is 35 kevin durant is 35 they are still in some ways the three old kings in the nba aren't yeah, they yeah it was an nba.com story long live the nba's three kings the league's brightest stars for more than a decade LeBron, KD, and Steph Curry shine on. And they break down each guy. LeBron, 39, being the oldest in the NBA. And you know, Kevin Durant says after winning the last of his four scoring titles at age 25, he has spent the past decade focused on scoring efficiency, not volume. So he's worked so much on just being a more efficient player. Uh, it says Duncan, Kobe, Dirk, and LeBron were the standard bearers when Durant was drafted in 2007, and he's managed to beat all four in the postseason. And it was a quote by Durant. I thought this was interesting. I was just trying to get 10 years in the league. That was my goal. But then once you get to nine, eight, you're like, I feel great right now. I can keep going. Durant says that he, James, and Curry all could play into their 40s. And that, I, I read the story that you sent, and that is where, as a Suns fan, I am admittedly intrigued, okay? I, and and could, is Kevin Durant going to be here until his 40s? I have absolutely no idea. But there was, this, there was this thought when the Suns acquired Kevin Durant that it was like acquiring a ticking clock. And that at some point the clock was going to stop ticking, right? Like at some point he's going to get old and he's not going to be as effective and he's not going to be as good. And he's going to want, and you got to win a championship with Kevin Durant before all those things happen. I, yes. I, I read a story today. I can't remember where it basically said the same thing. It's like, okay, you've got this championship window. Boy, you got to take advantage of it real quick before Kevin Durant gets old and Bradley Beal gets old because and when those guys get old, it's closed. And maybe he doesn't age that and, way. And maybe maybe he he's one of those rare guys that doesn't age the way Larry Bird did. Right. You know, and other players did. Because nobody feels that way about Steph. Certainly nobody feels that way about LeBron. You, he's 39 years old. He, if he opts out of his contract this year with the Lakers when the season's done, 
He is going to be a commodity. They're going to be teams that are going to want. Well, what did you say about Steph yesterday? That the Warriors feel like that window's open for a few more years. Yeah. They want to get another star. Absolutely. Yeah, and the Lakers feel the same way with LeBron that they might go get Trey Young, who reportedly is available. I saw that. All right, let today. me ask you this: KD's got two years left on his deal, right? Yes. What's the chances, just right now, that the Phoenix Suns would extend Kevin Durant when that contract's over? When they got him, you never would have thought it was possible. No. Well, a year ago, you would have never thought the possibility that you're like Durant's here for three years and then he'll retire. Mm-hmm. And but Durant's like. I'm playing into my 40s, man. Like, he'll be 37. He wants to play. You could probably get him on a three-year deal, <laughs> you know, if he's still playing at that level. What he, are the chances? What are the chances that you may keep him beyond that contract expiring? All right. Obviously not knowing any of the variables, and I don't. Like, like how well he ages, what his health is, how all of that stuff. Well, if you're just saying right now, I'd put it at 15 to 20%. That they'd be able to reset, that, that they would, they would keep that, him. That, that they would keep him. That there would be a... Mutual desire on both sides for him to come back because it's got to be mutual. He's got to decide he wants to. He's got to still be good. The Suns are going to have to decide they still think the championship window is open with him, and he's going to want to stay. What if they win a championship? I, I, you know what? Is it easier to let him go or easier to to extend him if you've won a championship? uh, It still depends on how effective he is and how well he's playing. Big stars at the end of their careers are still people that want to go see. Absolutely. You still want to go see big star players. And I don't think Kevin Durant strikes me as the kind of guy who goes, hey, I won one with the Suns. I'm done. Like, I, I don't oh, think, no. He, that's not him. No, listen to that's this quote. Him. Listen to this, this quote from Kevin Durant talking about the All-Star game. Those older guys didn't want to just say, here, youngin, you're, you're the next one up. You had to take that from them. I'm not going out there relying on my name and what I've done in the past to get that respect. I respect that about the young players. They don't give a blank about what you did in the past. It's about today. So that keeps me on point. Said so I had to go take it from those other guys. Mm-hmm. Duncan wasn't giving it to me. Kobe wasn't giving it to me. Those guys weren't giving it to me. Shaq. I had to go take it. I had to go take it from him. I had to go. And that's what he's saying now. Like, I don't want anybody to take it from me. I'm at the top. I, I want to stay at the top. I'm going to make sure that I, I do everything I can to stay here. So, I, would, would you care to put a number on it? Would you care to put a percentage? I mean, it's just a guess. I mean, there's so many variables in the equation. It's hard Boy, to listen, know. But. I, I, I just, we are so wired to believe that a player, that athletes have this, you know, this this Cinderella clock. You turn, this strikes window midnight, that closes, right. And it's done. Like, running backs, what age does a running back fade at? 29, 28. 29, 30. Yeah. 29, 30, 29. done. You're done. Why? Oh, you're 30 years old. How, but, I'm, but I'm still playing. No, you're done. You're, you're running back and you're 30? Forget about it. Nobody's going to sign you. Mm-hmm. Running backs don't last till they're 30. You've got 30. There's just this, this clock that we think about that... And usually by about 35, a great athlete's prime is done. And in the history of sports, baseball, football, basketball, the history of sports, great players are usually way on the decline at 35 years old. To see the rare guys like Curry, LeBron, and Durant playing so well, it's almost like, okay, these guys, they're the exception to the rule. Maybe they can play into their 40s. Uh, maybe, Maybe as we get on in life, we'll find that they're not as much the exception anymore. That that maybe diet and exercise and keeping up with your physical health, uh, health and keeping up with your mental health, that guys will discover that if you're motivated to do it, if you have a desire to play into your late 30s, your early 40s, 
There's a path for you to do. I mean, LeBron James, okay, yeah, he's there are nights when he looks older than other nights. He's still an elite player in this league. He is still one of the best players in right. the NBA and shows no sign whatsoever of slowing down. You eat right, you take care of your body, you take care of your mind. Who's to say that the new norm doesn't mean that the elite guys like go Kevin Durant have five more years? Go three, four, five more years. Yeah, so you say if Mickey Mantle wasn't an alcoholic. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, I don't want to call out Mickey Mantle, but yeah. I mean, it, no, but Mickey like, Mantle was a heavy drinker. If he wasn't a heavy drinker, I, maybe, you know. I would think a lot of professional athletes get to that stage where, man, I've made more money than, than the five generations now for me are going to be able to spend. I've made all the money I could ever need. I'm tired of going to training camp. I'm tired of all the work. I'm tired of eating right. If you don't get tired of that, you know, and you know the things to do to keep your body Avocado well. ice cream, Tom yeah, Brady. You can you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. And maybe Kevin Durant maybe could keep doing it with the Phoenix Suns. But we're still a long ways away from that. When we come back, a mock draft. And in some ways, maybe not every way, but in some ways, this might be the perfect mock draft for the Phoenix Suns or for the Arizona Cardinals. Pardon me. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Coyotes host the Hurricanes. Pre-game tonight at 6.30 on Arizona Sports 98.7 in the Arizona Sports app. All right, I guess when I say perfect mock draft for the Arizona Cardinals, perfect is very much in the eye of the beholder. It depends on what you want. If you want Marvin Harrison Jr., this is not the perfect mock draft. It is not the perfect mock draft for you. That's what you're looking for. Sorry to mislead you. (laughs) You're like hanging out during the commercial break like, okay, tell me it's going to be Marvin Harrison Jr. No, it's not in this mock draft. It's not going to be. If that's what you want, this is not perfect. But for those of you entertaining the idea of trading down and getting more picks and trading down to a certain spot in the draft, I think in some ways, if, if that's your goal, if that's your mission, I think in some ways this is a very good mock draft. I think so, too. Do you agree? I think so, too, because you're not going down. We talked about one where they were going down to, what was it, like 12? Was it 11 or 12 the other day? It was with the Broncos. It was 12. It was 12. It was 12 with the Broncos, yeah. This one is a lot more appealing to me because you're only going down to eight. Which means you can still get, you know, you're going to get a better player at eight than you are at 12. So this, this mock draft that was on NFL.com by Dan Parr, um, three trades and one of them is the Cardinals. Now they envision that the New England Patriots take Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three. I continue to think that the Patriots would be wise to trade that pick for a plethora of picks uh, for somebody that wants a quarterback and not take a player there. Um, So I I just don't see this happening, but let's just assume that Marvin Harrison Jr. goes to the Patriots. They've got the Falcons moving up to get Jaden Daniels, the former ASU quarterback at number four, and the Cardinals moving down to eight. Now, they don't really break down what you would get, what they would get. I didn't see that anywhere. No, I didn't see that either. It says, Monty Ford holds multiple picks in each of the first three rounds after trading down to eight. He holds the keys to the draft and still manages to find Kyler Murray, a receiver who is drawing comparisons to, le- to Cardinals legend Larry Fitzgerald. He's got them taking Roma Dunze at number eight. Well, okay, I, I'm going to read into what he wrote about this then. Even though he didn't specifically say what the Cardinals got in the mock draft, he writes... As you said a second ago, Monty Austin Fort now owns multiple picks in each of the first three rounds. 
I would assume that means at least a second rounder came back to the Cardinals in this because the Cardinals only have one second rounder. So if they've got multiple picks in each of the first three so rounds. So they move down they, to eight. They, they get a first rounder. They get at least a second rounder in this. And then next year's first. I would imagine that's what they probably get. Yeah. Um, that's why I thought it was the perfect mock draft, too, in that regard. I think you're moving into a sweet spot. I think you're moving into that. Now, again, it depends on what you want. You know, if if you want... Joe Alt, you might not get him at eight. You know that might yeah. if if you want to address the you know get the top offensive lineman in this year's draft. Something tells me eight's a little too far to go that you're not going to be able to get him there. But if you want extra picks, good wide receiver talent, and you know you're going to address offensive line later in the draft with your second first round pick. I think eight is a really, really good spot to go and still be able to get Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors or somebody like that and still kind of accomplish the mission, you know? So the two top tackles, Alt and Fashanu, are gone. Chargers get Alt at five. Fashanu goes to the Titans at seven. Cardinals are sitting there at eight. The top wide receivers off the board in Marvison Harrison Jr. The top two tackles are off the board. So now what do you do? Do you go edge rusher? No, they got him going wide receiver. Um, the next the next edge rusher, Dallas Turner from Baba, he goes to the Bears at nine. And then the next offensive lineman is Fuaga from Oregon State at 13 to the Jets. So they don't reach for the third best offensive tackle. They take the second best wide receiver. Yeah, and, and then, and I like what they wrote about at number 27, too. They have him taking Amarius Mims, the offensive lineman from Georgia, at number 27. But here's something we have to consider, too. Okay. And this is what they write they're sitting at number 27. And they write, the Cardinals have the picks to move up the board for help in the trenches if they want to be aggressive, but they stay put in this scenario. And that's what I want to focus on. They've got a pick at number 27 right now. If there's somebody they like, the Cardinals have all the inventory in the world to move back up yes. in the first round and get a guy. Yep. Like all in the like whatever you want to do, you'll you go have, do it. You'll have two seconds, you'll have two firsts next year. You'll have two seconds this year, plus everything else you have this year. If you need to move up, you can move up. You can move up. And so this like this fear of <laughs> would he do that again? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I Bonnie, I have a feeling and and maybe you'll agree with this, maybe not. I have a feeling that what we saw out of Monty last year in the draft... Is who he is? That's who he is. Okay. I, I don't think that was a fluke. I don't think that was a one-off. I don't think that was a, hey, if the mood strikes me, I'm going to do something kind of random and crazy. I actually think that's how he's going to play this. I think the rare draft will be the one where he doesn't make a move. And he's just, I'm going to pick a guy and pick a guy and pick a guy and call it a day. I think he's going to hop all around the board for his entire Cardinals career as GM. And it'll be the rare year until when he he's got it. a team that's one player away. Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. But but if he wants to, there should be no fear of not getting the offensive you lineman you want at the bottom of the first. Because if you want to move up and get a guy, you can move up and get a guy. You just need to find someone to dance with. You just need to find somebody at nineteen always, to dance with yeah. at twenty. And there's always there's usually a lot of dance partners. Oh yeah, there's usually a lot of dance partners. You're gonna give me an extra third. You're gonna give me an extra second. You're gonna give me a second next year. Sure, let's dance like Dave Burns at the Sadie Hawkins dance. Uh, <laughs> always somebody no, to dance with. No, no, always somebody out there. No, that was not really mm, my. That was your thing? Yeah. No, I mean I went to the dances, but that was not really my thing. So again, perfect is in the eye of the beholder. If you're about getting extra picks, 
and you're about getting value and you're about, you know, not being one player away and trying to maximize how many swings of the bat you get. I love this mock draft. I love this mock draft. Really do. I Yeah. Because you know? you're trading with Atlanta at eight instead of getting outside the top ten. Yeah. And you still get yourself a dominant player at number eight. Um, now, listen, if one of the offensive linemen doesn't go and a Dunze goes instead, maybe you get that second-best offensive lineman. But you're still in a position to get one of the top two players at a position of need at eight. You go to 12, and you start to lose that ability. A top-two player at a position of need, you start to lose that. Now, I'm not counting cornerback, but I'm saying offensive lineman and wide receiver. That's why that's that's an intriguing mock to me. Yeah, it's. It, I just don't buy the Patriots taking... I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. I, number three. I kind of think that they may not take a quarterback. You know, I've said that a few times. I I almost think that they won't take. A, but man, if they're not going to take a quarterback, why wouldn't they be the team that trades? Why wouldn't they make that trade instead of the Cardinals? Instead of you know, if you're the Falcons, go to the. Why wouldn't the Patriots say, okay, I'll take that. I'll get I'll get two firsts and two and a second and and, a, and whatever else you're giving me. And I'll move down to number eight. I guess a lot of it just depends on if the Patriots, are they the team that does the thing and goes and gets Justin Fields? Because someone's going to do the thing and get Justin Fields, assuming that Caleb Williams goes number one. Is Justin Fields going to New England? Is he going to Pittsburgh? Is he Short going story to- yesterday, five teams that could trade for Justin Fields. Somebody's probably going somebody's gonna to trade for him because when you get left out, you got to rebound. Yeah, I saw that they're like the odds for, oh, who was it? Oh, it was Russell Wilson. The odds for Russell Wilson to go to Pittsburgh apparently have exploded, well, like in a good way. Yeah, like in a to in go a, to Pittsburgh to go to Pittsburgh. Wow, you know. So and then you saw the news about Garoppolo. Apparently, he suspended he got the first two, for games. two games. Yeah, for the for the performance enhancing stuff. So you know the the Raiders were always looking for a quarterback anyway. I think a lot of what the I think a lot of what the Patriots are going to do at number three is going to be dictated by do they answer the quarterback question before the draft starts? Do they go get Justin Fields? Do they go get mm. Russell Wilson? Because if they do that. Now suddenly it's not so crazy for them to take Marvin Harrison Jr. number three. It's not crazy. Wasn't there at all, somebody that said fact. Russell Wilson may not yeah, this is a chance Russell Wilson, Wilson may not even play next year? Hasselback said that on ESPN. Tim Hasselback said that on ESPN. He thinks Russell Wilson could be out of the league next wow. year. I don't know what the I don't know what the what that was about. He needed his paycheck for this month. <laughs> so is that what it was? Okay. We've got the Burns, so do we. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast, which is why we're asking you to subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android. And you're not going to miss our show. It works like all of your favorite podcasts you love listening to. You can listen to us whenever, however, wherever you want. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. He had been connected to the Suns as a buyout candidate. And about 45 minutes before we went on the air today, he's not available anymore. No. So are the Suns done? That's next. Burns and Gambo. It's Luke. It's a busy weekend for Devin Booker. He got the All-Star Game, his first signature shoe hitting the shelves. Were we lucky enough to get a pair of book ones? Find out Tuesday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. I don't know if Wolf and Luke are going to get a pair of book ones, but I know the Phoenix Suns are not going to get DeLon Wright. Who would be the person in this in this building most likely to wear book ones? Luke. Luke? I'm trying to buy a pair, if I'm being honest. You're are trying you? to get one? Trying yeah. To get a pair. They drop tomorrow. Well, I say that, I think... I think Vinny's kind of a sneakerhead too, isn't he? Don't count out Lauren either. She, uh, Lauren, she's not here to defend herself. Do you think you're not going to be able to get a pair? <sighs> Brand new sneakers, when they drop, they go fast. And I know a lot of outlets are going to have them. I think I saw a tweet from Kellen saying, like, hey, 
if you're tracking where they're going to be, here's where you can go. But but you're going to pay more 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 than what the exactly. price is. If you get them on a different site than usually the main site, like Nike, then you're going to pay a little bit extra to make sure that you so, get them. Oh, so are you going to try this weekend? I'll try. You're going to try? Okay. No, my wife's done that. Paid like $200 more than the sneaker cost to get the sneaker right. from somebody else. Make sure you I won't go that somewhere. far. But then there's also people that can help you because they've got these algorithm things that, you know... There's companies out there that I don't know. They have their sauces, Gambo. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, look, I've seen, like, Luke's got a pretty impressive collection of footwear. It's it's very noticeable. Vinny talks all the time about being kind of a sneakerhead. Like, I, th- I think he's kind of a sneaker guy. Uh, I, I would be, if not, I, I wouldn't be last. I think you'd be last. Wolf would be last. I'd be close to last. I don't, yeah, go ahead. I got to. Go ahead. I just got a text from our guy, Jamal. I'll be up all night trying to get my book ones with three <laughs> laugh-crying emojis. Hey, boy, Jamal. Go get him, Jamal. Good luck, man. What si- I'll tell Chelsea. What size are you? Me? Yeah. Uh, ten and a half or 11. Well, Men's. which one? <laughs> like, like, pick one. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. All right. She's bought so many dunks. Well, I don't need her to pay an extra 200 plus. No, no. If she could get it for regular price. Sure. Absolutely. Then you would take them, right? Absolutely. Because there's something about, because she's bought so many, she kind of gets jumped to the front of the line on oh, some things, okay. my wife. Oh, wow. That would be, boy, that would be some serious yeah, Burns I, and Gamble love I won't be right allowed there. to diss Chelsea on her movie <laughs> grades no, ever again. No, that way we ended the show yesterday where we were going through Chelsea. Chelsea I take it back. Chelsea graded I, all of the 80s movies and we're like, oh I no, know, what's wrong I, with them? Take it all back. If she gets Mitch a pair of book ones. <laughs> I just said, see if you can get 10 and a half men's book one regular price. They drop like, but she's got something where, like, because she's bought so many sneakers. She gets moved to the front of the line or something like that, man. Something like that. Wow, that'd be, be a really nice. I don't know. Maybe she can. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, but I'll can, have her cool. try. Might as well have as many people try as possible. Of course. Yeah. If yeah. not, you know, to get it's them. fine. I understand. Wow. But cool. thank you, man. I appreciate she's just that. good like that. Like, she knows how to get online for, like, concert tickets when they come out and everything. Like, you know, it's not the old days, you know. <laughs> Well, you, you go to Ticketmaster and you get your tickets for the concert. It's different now. It is. It has changed just a little bit. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck. She goes. She signed up for notifications. Okay. Chelsea is okay. Good luck. So she said she'll try. Okay. Okay. Oh, I mean, what a what a what a moment here on the Burns and Gambo show. Like we should. Yeah, I, I don't know if she can get them or not. Well, but I know she's, she's, she's bought trying. a lot of sneakers. All right, let's talk about the Miami Heat. Uh, the Wizards waived, uh, agreed to a contract buyout with DeLon yeah. Wright today, clearing the way for him to sign with the Miami Heat. Now, the only reason I'm bringing this up, well, I'm bringing this up for a couple reasons. Number one, the Suns still have a roster spot. But DeLon Wright was a name that had been, by some, kind of associated with the Phoenix Suns in terms of a guy they might be interested in in the buyout market, or at least whether they were interested in him or not, a guy that they should be interested in, a guy that might have fit some needs for them. Not going to happen. He's going to the Miami Heat. Yeah, and the Miami Heat, same situation as the Suns. They they cannot sign a player at more than $12.4 million because of where they're at. He's eligible to sign with the Heat because his salary is $8.2 million. Now, they can either use the minimum contract on him or part of a taxpayer mid-level. They still got part of their $5 million taxpayer mid-level. You look at the numbers, right? You say, okay, this guy, four points a game, 1.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists, shoots 39% from the field, 36.8 from three. He's okay. He's just an okay player. He's 6'5", 185. 
five pounds. But here's where he's good. Here's here's where he's good. I mean, if you you, you read between the lines a little bit. 82 assists to just 11 turnovers. Mm-hmm. Handles the ball pretty well. Versatile guy. You can run some offense through him. He only doesn't average a lot of minutes. He only plays like 13, 14 minutes a game. Doesn't shoot a lot of threes. He only takes one three-pointer per game. He doesn't take a lot of threes. Where he's special is, we always talk about the can be really good at that one thing, the defensive end. He forces a lot of turnovers. He's averaging a career-high 2.8 steals per 36 minutes. Among guys who have played at least 20 games, he's averaged the six most deflections per 36 minutes. So he comes up with steals. He comes up with deflections. He can help you defensively in short spurts. He doesn't shoot the ball a lot, but he doesn't make a lot of turning the ball over when he does have it. So that's a guy you look at and say, okay, maybe he can help me in yeah. short spurts You know, for, for our playoff yeah, runs. In his 2022-23 season, he averaged about 24 minutes per game. He averaged nearly four assists per game in that limited time. He moves the ball very well. Yeah, he doesn't turn it over. A little suspect. He doesn't turn the ball over. He would have been a good sound backup guard player for them to just add a little bit of depth. Now the buyout market, you know, Thaddeus Young, still no official announcement from the Suns, but I read something today where we should expect one at some point early next week, but nobody believes that it's not going to happen. We've seen Danilo Golinari go to the Milwaukee Bucks. I think DeLon Wright, at least from what I can tell on Suns Twitter, he was the guy that a lot of Suns fans were kind of hoping that the Suns would pounce on when he became available. In fact, there was even a report suggesting that the Suns are very closely monitoring the situation so that if DeLon got let go, they would want to get him. He obviously chose the Miami Heat. It's not going to happen. So that begs the question, and I don't expect you to know the answer to this question. I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Was he the last viable potential buyout guy the Suns could have gotten, and are they done? Or or is, are they waiting for somebody else who might come available that they'd be willing to add because he's the one who was getting the association yeah. the most with the Suns. Thad was the guy that they preferred. Gallinari, not really. They didn't really like Gallinari. You know, it just doesn't move very well. So they weren't that interested in Danilo Gallinari. Uh, right, I haven't heard that they were or weren't. If I find out, I'll let you know, but I'm not going to, you know, you know me, I never, if I don't know, I'll just tell you I don't know. Right, yeah. Um, and, and I, I don't, don't expect you to know every yeah, single name. No, I'm, no. Just, I'm I, curious if this means if they're done or not, you know? Yeah, they've got the one roster spot. They like it would have to be somebody that could be a part of their you know nine man rotation. I would think. I'm sure they'll continue to monitor the buyout market and see what other guys may get let go if they pick somebody up. You know, Wright would have made sense defensively. Six five, long. The amount of deflections he gets, the amount of steals he comes up with. He doesn't shoot the most of his shots are inside the paint. You know, most of his, he's not, he's not a three point shooter. He doesn't take a lot of threes in a game, which is kind of the Suns game. So most of his shots are going to come inside the paint. 56, 57% of his shots come in that area. So, um, I don't know. I don't know that he would have been good enough to break into the Suns top nine in a rotation. But to your point, I think he might have been able to help you in some regular season games. Yeah. And that's, and that's for me. And and this is me talking here. I don't know if Thad Young is going to be a part of their playoff rotation, but I think Thad Young can help during the regular season. To me, buyout guys are worth it if you think even if they can help you win some games in the regular season because you never know when you're going to need that depth. I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me adding a guy on the buyout market who won't be in your playoff rotation because I still think you need bodies to help you get there. I believe March 1st is the deadline for a player to be on your roster for him to be eligible for the postseason. So you got I two weeks think. still. So you still have a couple weeks. You still got to see. How many days are in February? 29 this year. I think it's a leap year this year. Is it a leap year? I believe this year is a leap year. Really? I'm checking my calendar. I think so. 
think so. How often do you have a leap year? Uh, what is it? Once every four years? Yes. Today, it's 29 days in February. 29 days in February. How about that? We have a February 29th this year. Huh. So it's two weeks from yesterday is the deadline. So you're born on the 29th. You get your presence on the 28th or the 1st. Oh, that's a great... T- like, what happens if you're born on the 29th? Well, you, and in most years, there are on the 29th. You still get... I would f- alternate every year up until the 29th returns. It's so weird. Your birthday's on February 29th, a day that only happens one every, once every four years. Be kind of unique. My parents like, that's cool. We don't have to celebrate your birthday. I'm not getting you anything. You don't have a birthday this year. <laughs> you want that bicycle? You're not getting it, kid. You don't have a birthday this year. How old are There's you? There's no February 29th. I'm five. Yeah, get back to me when you're nine. I'm actually 20, but I'm five. <laughs> I've celebrated five birthdays so far. That's what I would do just to mess with my kid. I'd bring out the cake, and if they were turning 20, I'd have only five candles on there. Happy fifth birthday. Uh, yeah, happy sixth birthday. You're yeah, I just heard he retired today at the ripe old age of five. 13. Exactly, exactly. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, he is the newest member of the pitching staff. It was our pleasure to have him on the show when he signed, and Eduardo Rodriguez is back to join us next. How's he fitting in with the Zoo Club, given how key of a guy he is to the rotation? We'll talk with him next on the Burns and Gambo show. It's Wolf. Have a happy and safe holiday weekend and come back ready for baseball. So who needs a strong Cactus League performance? We get going Tuesday at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Welcome back. It's the Burns and Gambo Show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Spring training is underway for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Pitchers and catchers reported earlier this week. Full squad reports next week. The first Cactus League game is not that far away. It's our pleasure here on Burns and Gambo to welcome in one of the newest members of the D-backs. We had him on right after he signed. Eduardo Rodriguez joining us here on Arizona Sports. Eduardo, welcome back to the show, man. It's Dave and Gambo. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. It's a pleasure to to have this kind of conversation with you guys, so I really appreciate it. Last time we talked, we were talking about how important it was for your family to relocate out here with you and the importance of family in this decision. I assume everything is well with them and everybody's where they need to be and everybody's happy that you're here? Oh, yeah. We're all happy to be here. Family, like I said, like I said in the past, uh, we look at the family here and everything. So we on the, we, we call it already. This is the right place. So it's just, we're just glad to be here. We When we talked earlier, it was right after you signed. And obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about your relationship with guys within this organization. Now that you're back with Tori and Tori is your manager, and I know it's just spring training workouts, but you're obviously around him every day. What's it been like being around him and how familiar has it felt to you to be coached by Tori Lovello again? Uh, he's been a pleasure. He's been a pleasure to be um, around with him again, you know, every day, every day out there. Um, and it just feels like, you know, it's not even feel like, it's not even feels different. It just feel like you just say, it just feels familiar to me. It just, the difference is now he's a, he's a manager, but it feels the same way that he went when he was in Boston. You know, uh, he's amazing as a person, as a manager, as a coach when I have it. So it's not, a, it's not a, 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 that big of a change, you know, it's just, it's just a respect that he, that he deserves. We all have a hand now that he's a manager. So I, I just love, I just love to have him as my manager and, and it's a pleasure to be here with him. Eduardo, you've always been in the American League, Boston and Detroit. Now you're coming to the National League, different ballparks, different teams. Interleague play probably helps with that a whole lot. And, you know, there's a designated hitter in both leagues now, so that probably helps a lot. But what's the biggest difference for you? What do you got to get adjusted to going from the AL to the NL? 
Uh, for me, I will say the, um, the only adjust that I need to make is um, study a little bit more on the, um, on the division. You know, I started the, um, the teams that are going to face now the most. Rather than in the past, I just faced, uh, so just faced these guys once, maybe, through every year, you know, because it was just a different, different, um, different league and different division. So now it's just that. Now it's just more on, um, on study what the, what the hitters are, where they at, get together with the pitching coach and, um, and having a good plan for, for, for every time that I face, uh, the teams, you know, that's the only thing that are really going to look for the, this season. Is there an advantage for you with them not being that familiar with you, or is there more an advantage for them? No, I think it will be – I don't see the advantage now because uh, nowadays when you have you have a lot of videos and you can you can be more prepared for, for facing a pitcher or facing a hitter. So it's not the most advantage. The only, thing, the only difference is just you're going to see a live, but you're going to be more prepared for, for what you're going to face. So – Eduardo Rodriguez is our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. Uh, one of the things that we are going to talk about today is the last time the Diamondbacks spent big in free agency to get a pitcher, it, it didn't work out so well. And everything that we're reading about you in the in the days that you've been there around the team, that you're working very hard to get to know the guys, to counsel the other guys, to kind of help with the other guys. How important is that to you to kind of ingrain yourself into that culture and be a available to them to make them better players yeah i mean um from that part i learned that for uh for when i was in boston back back over there um i got a lot of better guys a good better group of guys and they teach me that way you know the more that you can get with your teammates the one you can help the better they can be and the better you can be too you know so and get to know them i like to be like that i like to be a guy that are always over there in the bullpens always over there kind of being accountable for everybody in the weight room in the training room the bullpens BFP, whatever. I try to be the most accountable I can be with everybody. So I just try to do my best to, to help all of them, you know, every day, in and out. As soon as I get to the field, jump out of the field, I just try to do the best as I can. So, so many changes last year with the rules. And I know some of the older pitchers were struggling early, you know, a Max Scherzer or a Justin Verlander with the pitch count. How did that, how did that affect you? Was it, was it having to get rid of the ball so quickly now? How did that change your approach to how you pitch? Uh, for me, I don't see that big of a, that big of a change uh, because I've always been a guy who will get the ball and get on the rubber and throw the next pitch and like that. So I try to work fast. So. It doesn't, it doesn't make me feel any difference. I know there's a lot of guys that work differently, man. So, but for me, it was just, it was just the same. Just, you just had a clock over there, but for me, it was just the same way. So it doesn't affect me at all. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez is our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show. Th this one might be a little weird for you because you weren't here last year, but it sounds like everyone's making a real effort to try to put what happened last year behind them, to not rest on that, to not you know remember that too much and try to make this a brand new year. How much of an effort have you noticed around this team to, for lack of a better word, to kind of forget about what happened last year? Yeah, it's just, um, I just, because, I mean, on my experience, uh, because I went to the post, before we went, we win the World Series, we went to the postseason twice, and um, and I know how, how that feels, you know, so it's just, it's just getting on the, leave it on the path, and just um, take the benefits that you have, which is you already been on the postseason, that you already know how it feels, how, how it is to be out there, how it is to be on the game, so take it as a benefit, and just, and just uh, move on, and then go for the next one, you know, so. I already had that opportunity, so if I had an opportunity to talk to one of them 
and they asked me about it, I will, I will tell you what, what my experience was and and try to get them on a, on a better position if I can. Do you work early with working on your chemistry with Gabriel Moreno and all the catchers, but obviously he's the main guy. How much work do the two of you put into that, this part in this stage in spring training? Uh, it's not that hard, you know, because we both come from the same country, speak the same language, so it's literally not that hard when you come from the same country with a guy here in in, um, in MLB, you know, it's right away, you catch right away, you catch everything right away, and I will have to tell the truth, it's not that hard to catch up with a with a guy from your country, especially pitching a catcher, it's so easy, you know, he already caught, he already caught one of my bullpens, and it's just amazing to have that, that kind of catcher behind the home play for me. The rivalry with the Dodgers, it's it's a big one. You had it when you were with Boston. We know you don't you have any no love lost for for the Dodgers from your perspective, but going up against Shohei Otani, you've had some success against him. He's two for eleven against you. It's a one eighty two batting average. He does have the one home run, but only one RBI. What has been the key to your success pitching against Otani? Um, I, I'm going to tell you that because uh, I got to face it. But like, <laughs> but be, being honest with you, for me, it's no matter who is out there, it's just how I'm going to attack it. You know, like if I get a good plan for that heater and I, and I locate my pitches, I throw what I want. I, I feel I'm going to get a good success out of this. So I don't really see the name on the back. I just see a guy heating over there. and I just have to see my spats. So that's the way I see everybody that I face, you know. Is he different at all, though? I mean, he's he might be the best player in the game. He's a generational type of player. Many people think he's like Babe Ruth. I mean, is there any difference at all when you face him? No, I mean, like like I say, for me, like, I know the guy's special. The guy's really good at it, but what he do, like, hitting and pitching. But like I say, for me, every time he step on the box or whoever he's hitting and step on the box, I just got a plan and, and, and throw the ball right what I wanted. You know, I don't really, like I said, I don't really think, you know, the nail on the back. It's just a lefty out there, a righty out there. I just got, I just have to execute my pitches, and and I know I'm going to have success if I, if I execute it the right way. Eduardo, always a pleasure. We appreciate you coming on for a few. Best of luck with the rest of spring. I know we'll catch up with you at some point during the regular season. Thanks oh, for the yeah, time today. You. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Appreciate Th- you guys, too. Thanks, Thank Eduardo. Eduardo Rodriguez, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Diamondback spring training continues. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, halfway home on this Friday, let's hit the reset button and get you caught up on what's going on in sports. Four o'clock resets next here on Burns.